Turn to the book of Ezekiel, please. Old Testament, Ezekiel, one of the largest books in the Old Testament. The book of Ezekiel, chapter number 8. I have a sneaking suspicion that if this were your 18-year-old daughter playing piano, you'd have been listening. I'm sorry, you must have missed that part. I'll bet you if this was your 18-year-old daughter, you, you, you wouldn't have been talking. You'd have been listening. Okay. Y'all still good? Said Anchor Baptist Church. Let me explain before we get started so you'll not be as offended as much. This is, in every sense of the word, an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental Baptist church. I am not trying to fit into society or into your understanding of what you think is right and wrong. Oh, thank you. I haven't been here in a while. Man, it's good to be back. Um, <laughs> I'm Pastor George Bell, and I approve this message. Um, Ezekiel chapter number 8. Would you stand with me, please, as we read verses 7 through 12. Chapter 8, starting in verse number 7. If you do not have a King James Bible, I have no idea what your Bible may say. Ezekiel chapter 8, starting in verse number 7. I will read out loud. Would you read along silently with me, please? And he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in. Behold the wicked abomination that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, and abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, and every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Verse 12. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, The Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. Our text verse will be verse number 12. We will read that one more time. Then we'll make our prayer. Then said he unto me, son of man. Now he's talking to Ezekiel, the preacher, if you would. And he said, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken Ezekiel chapter number 8, please. I, I pray about my uh, throat. Uh, I guess bronchitis kind of ruins that or your bronchial tubes. Um, but I'm, I'm still trying. Much, much better. Thank you for your prayers and your kindnesses. I appreciate that very much. Ezekiel chapter number 8, please. Ezekiel chapter number 8. I'd like to read this to you. I want to point out a couple of things before we get into the message. Starting at verse number 7. 
Listen, listen. And he brought to me, and he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, behold, a hole. Now, all there was was just a hole. Just a hole in a wall. That's all. That's all there was. God brought it to the preacher's attention. Do you see that hole? Do you know what's in there? Have you paid attention to what's in there? Okay, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Now, here's what we do today. Preacher, what, are you digging around for something? Yeah. Actually, I am. God brought it to Ezekiel's attention and said, you see that hole? Do you know what's in there? I want you to start digging. Now, in today's society, we call that meddling. Preachers have no right. Yes, I do. I have every right. Yes, I do. I have every right. You must understand that this isn't my job. This is my ministry. You must understand I'm not here to be popular, though I wished I were. I am here to preach truth and let the power of God do to you and me what he sees fit. Okay? So here he said in verse number 8, Then said to me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. So he pointed out a hole. Then he told him to dig. And he said, when I, when I digged, behold, there was a door. So I've got this hole. He draws my attention to the hole. Then he said, do you know what's back there? I want you to dig. I want to show you something that's back there. In a wall, there's a door. It's a funny place to put a door inside of a wall. So the pre God pointed out to the preacher and said, there's a hole. Do you know what's back there? I want you to dig. I want to show you something. So he digs and he says, there's a door back there. Look at the next verse. And he said unto me, go in. So I want you to open the door and I want you to go in. I showed you the hole. I showed you a door. Now you're going to have to dig around a little bit. and You're going to find out there's a real door hidden inside that wall somewhere. Now that you see the door, I want you to go in that room. Watch what he says. So I went in, verse 10, and saw, and behold. Now inside this door, inside this door was evidently a room. The door was closed. I had to go in. To begin with, it was hidden behind a wall. But there happened to be a hole that the Lord drew his attention to and said, have you noticed that? Evidently he hadn't. Or maybe he saw it and thought, okay, it's a hole in the wall. Do you know what's behind there? No, okay, I want you to dig. As he's digging, he starts seeing this door. Once the door becomes clear, he said, I want you to go in. So he did. Watch what happens. He said, every, for, every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all idols of the house of Israel, look where it's at, portrayed upon the wall roundabout. Now, wait a, minute, wait a minute. He couldn't see this from where he was. The only thing he could see was a hole. And God said, you know what's in there? Nope. I want you to start digging. When he starts digging, he notices there's something in there that's inside of a wall. It's a door. He gets to the door. He opens the door and walks inside. That's not the end of it. He begins to look around. He said, I don't believe this. All kinds of abominable things. All type of creeping things. All types of idols portrayed on the walls. Watch what he says. Verse number 11, and there stood before them. Now watch very carefully. Hey, you older fellas, please listen to me. Watch what he says. And there stood before them, before these images, before these things that are upon these walls, there stood before them 70 men of the ancients. He's talking about the old guys. Right. Fellas, we're easing up and you know it. 
We're compromising because we're tired of fighting. We're getting older. We don't want to hold the ground anymore. And so therefore we're compromising. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Go down to verse number 12. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? First of all, how can I see what somebody else is doing in the dark? By the way, what are the ancient men that represent God's people running around in the dark for? Watch what he says. Every man in the chambers of his imagery. I'll explain that to you in a moment. For they said, here was their thinking. What difference does it make? God can't see what we're doing. Excuse me? God can't see what we're doing? And then they go so far as to say this. Besides that, he's forsaken the earth. It's like God's not even here anymore. Right? He can't see what we're doing. We're in the dark. Not only that, they purposely hid things. You don't put a wall over a door to make it known to everybody. You're hiding something. The chambers here, by definition, means a private room, an innermost room. It means an inner bedroom. Now, before you get all excited, once you're married, if you're not married, anything you do in a bedroom is against God and wrong. If you are married, the Bible said the bed is undefiled, and God said, you enjoy yourself. I created you to do that. You help yourself. If you're not married, you're in adultery, fornication, you're sinning, and you're not right with God. He said, what do you want me to do? Get married. The imagery, this is very important. Imagery, the word imagery means a figure carved on stone or a wall. It also means, you ready? Imagination. It also means picture. It also means a wish. So let me get this straight. I've got these older guys who are supposed to keep people close to God and keep God close to people. And they're hiding some stuff. There's a hole. I'm going to assume, I don't, I can't prove this. I'm going to assume they knew where the hole was. They knew what was in the wall because inside there were things that they knew about. They kept it in the dark. Now, when I was growing up, I was born in 1952. Y'all can't even count that high. 1952. Now, there was a thing that a lot of moms and dads allowed back in those days. And what happened in the 60s, 70s, and I think maybe still the 80s, you could go into any home just about, and somewhere in that home, you would see a door that had a sign on it. And that sign would say something like, private, keep out. Or it would say, this room belongs to manufacturers. Repeat that. Then there'd be a space, and with a magic marker, you'd write your name. So you're saying, what's in here? That's mine. Now, it was more than just, I want to be alone. What they were saying, or they'd do this. They'd do, I, some of the guys I ran with, they, they would do this. They would buy or steal a stop sign. Some of you oldsters remember this kind of stuff? And they'd put that on their door. They were saying more than, this is my area. What they were saying was, stuff's going on in here that's none of your business. Don't cross this line. This is what they were trying to say. Now, it meant more than just, I want to be alone. A child, a teenager, an adult 
if you would, were basically saying this is a private room. This is an inner room. This is my area. You have no right to come in here. And then you'd go into some of these rooms. It's amazing what parents allow teenagers to do under the guise of, what are you doing in my room? This is my room. First of all, who's paying for the room, sir? Do you know my kids have never paid our mortgage? Personally, I'm glad they're gone. This whole empty nest thing, we're filling that nest up with all kinds of stuff we've always wanted all our life. So there we go. So what happens is they simply get to the place. <coughs> Back in those days, they'd have kids. By the way, if you think I'm just talking about poor neighborhoods, I'm not. I used to lay carpet and I'd go into custom homes. I would go into places where people were having carpet redone. I'm talking about nice condominiums. I'm talk and sure enough, in there somewhere was a door that normally said something like that. Private, keep out. This room belongs to. What goes on here is none of your bit. And I mean just blatant buzz off. And you get to thinking about this. And when you open the door, I was amazed at what parents would allow kids and what some adults had in their bedrooms. On the walls, nude pictures. Look at here. Nude pictures. Dirty words printed out on their walls. Rock and roll singers. Okay, oldsters. Country and western singers. Not hitting you yet. Let me see what else can I say. So what happens here is this. What they were doing was many times behind that door, what they were saying was, here is where I can let things go. Here is where my imagination can run wild. And in their own private, hidden, innermost room, where all others would be kept out, they would believe that nobody can see what's going on in there. Isn't it amazing how we get so caught up in our emotions and our desires, we actually forget God's watching us? Don't you find that amazing? I find it amazing. When I step out of line, the last person I'm really thinking about is, whoa, God's watching me. I'm not. I do this way, but I very seldom do this way. Anybody here? By the way, before you, when you get ready to do something, you do like this. You're wrong. You're getting ready to do something wrong. If nothing's wrong, what are you looking around for? And if, you're, if you have so much pride, you go, I don't care. you got a bigger problem. Right. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Amen. What they're saying was, this is my room. You have no right. Didn't you read the sign? said private. Keep out. Yeah. Some of them would say this. This means I can mom and dad. You're welcome. Today... I suppose it would be a password on a phone. It's kind of like a, what goes on past this is none of your business. It's kind of a private keep out. And you parents, God bless your heart. You're so cute when you're dumb. You actually believe Oh, I can get in my child's phone anytime I want to. You're not near as technological savvy as they are. Do you know what Snapchat is? Look up here. Look up here. Snapchat is for teenagers and other people to see nude pictures of one another and then it go away. 
You don't believe that? Can I ask you, once the news media finally agrees with me, do I have credibility then? Oh, up until then, I have no credibility. I had credibility long before they agreed. They even admit that. Does your child have Snapchat? What they have on there is a password because they hold you guilty by, you have a password on yours. First of all, <coughs> I do too. I didn't even want it. These knuckleheads around here said, Pritchie, you really ought to. Okay. It irritates me because before I can do anything, I got to punch in some numbers. I had a flip phone until about a year ago. See, you're laughing like, oh, poor preacher. He don't know what he's doing. You do. How much trouble are you in? So today we, we have a password on our iPad, Snapchat, laptop, Instagram, texting. Now, why would a child, why would a young adult, why would anybody need firewalls put up? Is it business? No, it's my private phone. You're setting it home. It has nothing to do with international laws and customs. We bought a phone for our child to call us in case of an emergency. When was the last time they called you and had an emergency? What are we doing? Now, I'm headed somewhere, believe it or not. Now, let me up here. <coughs> the only thing I can think of is they're hiding something. No, give your wife your password. Have a better idea. Get covenant eyes. You know what that is? Come on now. That is making a covenant with your eyes. My wife, every month, gets a printout of everything that I've gone to. Amen. Man, Amen. So, man I don't know. What are you hiding? Come on, man. I thought, you, I thought it was okay if she could get your, your, your password and go in there. Most of us know we can erase that, move that, file that, and she'll never find it anyway. Getting a lot of amens from out there in the foyer. What are you looking at? What are you listening to? Something you do not want anybody else to know or hear. Because you want to do it, but do not want, to know, want anybody to know about it, you, you make a place in your life that's off limits to anybody else, like these people did, and right. said, God can't see in here. Right. Right. Nobody else can see in here. You forgot God yes. is pointing it out this morning. God tells a preacher, if you would, I'm not a charismatic, I'm not a Pentecostal, I'm a Baptist preacher, always have been, been preaching for 40 some years, King James Bible, Baptist, all I've ever been, not about ready to become anything else. Once you're saved, you're going to heaven, you might as well go first class. Now, so, we're telling people it's off limits. And you honestly believe that nobody sees anything you do. By the way, there are people in churches, probably even right now, you're on your phone right now. The devil has put a ring in your nose and is leading you away from God even during a preaching service, which is to help you see how far on a day or week you keep sliding. And so he's found a way that even in church, like, hey, turn that phone off. You can't make me. I'm not going to make you. But do you realize what you're doing to yourself? So one day, though, mom and dad, sister, brother are going to walk in. They're going to walk in that room. 
and you're going to try to claim something like this. That's my personal stuff. You, you have no right. What, what is your title in the home? Dad? Huh. That gives him the right. I bought that with my own money. Here's what you do. You did? Preacher, do you know how much that cost? Where did your kids get that kind of money? And then ask you to pay their school bill or pay for their, 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 their hose or, or their... What? Oh, my goodness sakes. We are totally messed up. One day while you're not guarding your private inner secret room that even God can't see, somebody's going to walk in on you. Somebody's going to walk in you. Somebody's going to walk in and it's going to be brought out in the open. But until then, here's what you think. You're not allowed to pass this point. Just like you're doing this morning when I'm preaching. Guaranteed, if I know anything about what I'm doing, there are people sitting here right now going like, yeah, I hear him. That's not his business. For the most part, most in this church would not allow your child to have a, a, an obvious sign on their bedroom door that says, keep out. You said, preacher, ain't going to happen, ain't going to happen. You would not allow rock and roll pictures on your child's wall. You would not allow dirty words to be printed on their ceiling. You would not allow them to have four or five deadbolts on the inside of their door telling you you have to knock and then I'll unlock one while I'm trying to get out of something. And I'll, I'll unlock another. And you'll say this, what's taking you so long? Uh, I, I was, I was, I, I, what do you want? And we fall for this. You see, we wouldn't put up with that. You said, Preacher, I don't know what you're after, <clears throat> but I'd never allow my kids to do what you're talking about. My child's room belongs to me. I'm paying for that house, and they'll do according to what I say, and there will not be a no private keep out. Not going to happen. But we're not speaking of a literal room this morning. We're not speaking about a literal room, but somebody's soul, somebody's mind, the chambers of their imagery, the private innermost parts of your imagination. We have people sitting in church that are so filthy in their mind, in their soul, that their heart has become so hardened that while they're even listening to truth, truth has no effect anymore. <coughs> Which is very dangerous because the Holy Spirit of God uses truth to get to you. Once the, mind, the Bible said, if thine eye be dark, how great is that darkness? Once you start allowing filth and wrong come in here, just how much has it blotted out the light that's supposed to be inside of you? Dads, they do not know their wife has a room which she never allows him to go into. There are things in that room, images, pictures, carved on the walls of her imagination. She actually believes in her fantasy. God doesn't even know what's going on here. Dads in this church, I'm not preaching to church down the street. They don't even know I exist. In this church have signs posted. It's a private place out of sight of the public. He does not want anyone to enter in because there are carvings there, pictures there engraved upon his imagination, hanging all over inside of there. You'd not find them in his garage, in his toolbox. You'll not find them in his workshop or any place in the house. 
It's hidden. Behind a wall, behind a door. There are teenagers from good homes, good homes, good homes, good homes. Bus workers, Sunday school helpers. They obey mom and dad. They say amen to the preacher. They shake hands. They look people in the eye. They win souls to Christ. They work on a bus route. They do all of these things. Life is an open house. It's an open house. They have a Bible on their nightstand. They may even pray once in a while. There are no questionable materials in their bedroom. They don't flirt with the opposite sex. They don't sneak around and do filthy things. They don't cuss. They're clean, good, young people. No private keep out on their room at the house. Nope, not at all. Yet if God were allow us to look in the imagery of their mind, there's a hole you see in the wall. If we could peek through there somehow and see what's going on in that dark room. Understand, he said the ancients of the elders of Israel. We had gone, there was a day when I was still living at home. If you wanted to look at dirty books, your dad or somebody had to go to a filthy part of town, look around and make connections from New York or France or someplace like that, get some dirty books, sneak them in the house, which is the way a lot of us got hooked on pornography when we were younger. Thank you for your amens. But what happens now is, that's why it's talking about the ancients, the older people. Why? I can do what I want. Yeah, well, now your kids are. And we don't know how to stop. We don't know what to do. If we're allowed to view the images, we'd see in certain places that there is a big sign that says, I don't care what my mom and dad does. You're not going in here. I am not opening this door to you. So God said, preacher, open that door and go inside. I'm opening the door and you're panicking. Good. Because most of us, like the guy who goes to prison, we go like this. Oh, yeah, now all of a sudden the guy wants to be honest after he got caught. Is that what you're waiting on? Will you be honest when it finally the doors open and light is shown and everything is still hanging on? Would you be honest then? You see, listen carefully. The real you and me is what's behind that door. Don't fool yourself. The real you is not the one who waves his Bible. The real you is not the one who stood with me this morning and sang out loud. That's not the real you. The real you is not the person who faithfully gives tithes and offerings. That's not the real you. The real you is not the young man who responds with, yes, sir, amen, preacher. That's right, preach it. That's not the real you. The real you is not the young lady who smiles at the preacher and goes, good morning, preacher. How you feeling? That's not the real you. The real you, there is a place inside of each of us in which only we are familiar with and its furnishings that are there. Only we have looked upon its pictures. Only we know the conversations and the language that's used in there. Only we have looked upon the pictures and the hangings and the carvings that we put in there. Only we know the filth and the sin and the wickedness which runs rampant in our imaginations. This is the real us. 
My Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You will never be any more with God in public than you are with God in private. Behind that door is your real relationship with God. Here's what your kids have done. Here's what we do to one another. What am I doing wrong? I don't know. I can't see in there. I can only see this. So we build a wall. Then we put a door. We know where it's at. And inside of there are things that should never be inside of a Christian, period. Our success and failure for God will, determine, will be determined more by what allowed behind that private keep out sign than your talents, your abilities, your giving or helping other people. Do you, you, you do not advertise what you have in that room. People can guess and you know that's what they're basically doing, but you know what's in there. And may I say God can see in the dark recesses of your mind and heart like he can this wall right here. Let me quote you a scripture the Bible said in Psalm 139, 10 and 11. If I say surely darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. Psalm 51, 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. God is concerned about what's going on inside of you, Christian. Not just the wall everybody sees. God saw the door and said, Preacher, did you see that? Well, no, I can't see it. You got a wall put up there. You put up a wall so I wouldn't even know there's a door there. But God said, you see that? See a little hole? Wonder what's back there? I don't know, God. Well, dig, preacher. Dig. Hey, keep your Bible still. Pay attention to me. Dig, preacher. Now, once you do that, what in the world does this person have a door inside of a wall for? That's a good question, preacher. Open that thing up and go inside. That is where you and I come to blows, isn't it? You believe that even with God, there are certain things in your life that aren't even any of his business. You say, no, I gave my life to God. Liar, liar, pants on fire. There are things going on in your life that even God has not got the right to tell you what to do and not to do. You're a Native American giver, aren't you? That's an Indian giver. Okay. Now, so turn to Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew chapter number 12. Oh, excuse me. Covered up and coughed right in the mic, didn't I? Matthew chapter number 12. I want to show you something here I think will help you greatly. Now, one thing we've got to quit doing is making up Bible. We have got to the place we're starting to speak for God. Well, I just don't think God's concerned about that. When did God allow you to give counsel for him? Well, you know, I just don't think that's sinful anymore. I don't think God cares if we... When did we start speaking for God? Do you know in the Old Testament, God got real upset with the prophets because they were doing that? You know what he said? They said God said, but God didn't say. He's a little upset about that. Now, Matthew chapter number 12, please look at verse number 34. Old generation of vipers. You say, are you calling me a viper? Do you know, I was always told if you throw a rock in a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one it hit. 
No? How can ye, being evil, speak good things? Question mark. For out of the abundance of the heart, that's the inside, the mouth speaketh, that's the outside. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. Makes sense, doesn't it? And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Look at verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account. Every idle word. I didn't mean it. God said, okay, we're going to give an account for it anyway. Amen. You know that, I, I would think that make most of us just shut up the rest of our life. God said, you remember when he said it? Nope, I don't remember that one at all. God said, I do. Every idle word. Now watch what he says. They shall give an account, therefore, in the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. By thy words thou shalt be condemned. Amen. So it really doesn't matter what I think or what you think. It's what God knows. Right. Now, please understand, don't, don't try to make people think, I'm a really a good guy and everything you do is evil. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. By the way, don't tell me this all the time, that you're wicked, 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 and I'll guess you, God's just going to bless my life. No, he won't. Okay? Now, if you plant an orange tree, you will get oranges. It's nature. It's the way it happens. You plant a banana tree, you're going to get bananas. Unless somebody's been monkeying around, then who knows. Now, so, little levity, take pressure off of you there just for a moment. Let me, let me help you understand something. Your mom keeps asking you, where are all of the dirty clothes you've been wearing? I don't know, mom, they're supposed to be in the laundry. But you keep throwing them in the closet. You think because she doesn't see, she'll never know. The Bible says here, it says abundance. You know what abundance is? That means overflowing, more than you can possibly store. One of these days, that closet door is coming open. All of those dirty clothes. John Rice used to have a message called, When Skeletons Come Out of the Closet. You've been hiding stuff that's dead and shouldn't even be in there in that closet, and one of these days it's coming open. And when it does, your mom's going to look at you and go, What in the world have you been hiding from me? It's coming open. It's just a matter of when. So you have to understand, do you have a private keep out somewhere in your life? Why? Watch. I don't, have my phone. I don't carry my phone to church service. I did one time and it went off. Because somebody in here called me on purpose. Now, my... I, I told my wife on our TV, I want you to put a, uh, a level restriction on there, and you put your code on there. I don't want it. Do you know why? I'm tempted. Here, here shake your head, fellas. Yeah. Ladies, shake your head. Yes, you are. Okay, I'll shake it for you. Now, on my phone, we have what we call Covenant Eyes. It's, it's an app that you put on there, and every month or every week, however, however detailed you want it, it will actually tell the person that you have trusted that said, look, I want you to help me keep myself clean, okay? It's not to destroy people. It's not to, to rip people apart. It's not to let everybody know you're better than somebody else. It's actually to help somebody going, I saw an app you were looking at the other day. Honey, we need to do something about this, don't we? So it's a covenant that you made with your eyes and asking someone else to help you stay pure, okay? So we did that. You said, well, who, who receives yours? She does. 
My wife does. Every computer, tablet, and person who works here's phone is on that same thing. Do you know why? You say, I think that's totally unnecessary. Really? How do you feel when a preacher falls into sin? How do you feel when a youth leader falls into sin? How do you feel when a treasurer falls into sin? We're telling you, falls into sin. You don't feel good, do you? So I'm asking you to set things up that says, no hidden doors. Amen. Amen. Girls, hey girls, hey, pay attention to me. Look up in here now. So what I'm asking you is simply this. Did I spot something in that wall? Why is a door in a wall? And by the way, if there's a door, there's got to be something on the other side of there. You don't put a door up against a wall and it doesn't go anywhere. And sure enough, when he opened that door, and here's what he said, Son of man, go in and see what's in there. Then he points out it's the older people that have blown it. Quit giving in to the world. Quit giving in to your teenagers. It ain't doing any good, and you know it. But we're grasping at straws and we're doing anything. We're compromising our homes. We're compromising our morals, our values, our standards in hopes to keep them. And it ain't working. So the preacher comes along and says, have you noticed how people are changing? Uh, wonder what that hole's for. Well, go over and dig and find out. Here's what we do today. I don't want to know. God said, preacher, go dig and see what's back there. Hey, Daddy, why don't you go in your girl's bedroom and dig around and see what's in there? Amen. Oh, I'd never hear the end of it. When did she start running things? Oh, hey, man. Amen. In the military, did they ask for your permission to look through your footlocker? You, Lieutenant Colonel? In the, in the Marines. And I'll be, say, yes, sir. It's not just something we're making your children do. What they do in the morning is simply say, Mr. Lewis, I know that's your private footlocker. We don't want to see anything, so if you've got to get something out, do it now before we start looking. They do that all the time, don't they? If they did to me, Bill, get out of that bed! Yes, sir, what's going on? My footlocker was already open and everything's thrown out. <laughs> they didn't ask my mom. I had a sign that says, Drill Sergeant, keep out. <laughs> no, you didn't either. Somehow, our children have become attorneys. Come on. Tell me exactly what I said. I don't have to tell you exactly what you said. I said no. How's that? We act like if we can't out-argue our teenager or our spouse, that evidently they have to be right. No way, Jose. That's Spanish. Now, let's be careful. Do you have a private keep-out somewhere in your life? May I ask you why? I thought when you guys... How many are saved? If you died right now, I'm pretty sure you're going to heaven. Okay, you listen to me. You did not try Christ. You did not. Let me see how much of my life I can end up giving him. You come to him and he bought you lock, stock, and hubcap. 
everything. Amen. You willingly gave him your life. He preached a great message last Sunday morning on the physical life and the spiritual life. Well, God knows what's going on here. I'm sorry, your body belongs to God too. When I came to Christ, I didn't go like this. Now, what does this mean really? If that's what you did, you ain't saved. <coughs> you don't bargain with your soul. And if Christ meets certain conditions, okay, I'll give you my life. That's not what happened. Whether you verbally said it or not, you committed to giving your entire life to Jesus Christ. What's behind that door belongs to him. The door belongs to him. The wall belongs to him. And the hole belongs to him. And I don't care how old you are, ancient elders, your life is supposed to show his life in everything that we do. Amen. This is why our world is dying and going to hell. This is why our churches have no more power in it. This is why our young people are going, whatever, I'll do what I want. Nobody is living a pure life anymore. We're living according to the standards we're making up. Please don't miss tonight. Amen. I'd rather you weren't here this morning. Y'all come back tonight, okay? Today, God has allowed me the privilege and how kind of God to say, I want you to poke around that guy's life right over there. I had a guy just recently go like this. He said, so my wife and I were discussing something. Has she been talking to you about what we do in the house? I said, no. It's amazing, preacher, how you know that stuff. Well, you see, what God does is simply through his word and watching, something's up. Something is wrong. And then I'm looking, I'm going, God's got a hole in his life. Not his head. He's got a hole in his life. Maybe his head. He's got a hole in his life. And God said, so have you noticed that? Yeah, I have. Something's missing. Oh, preacher, that's not all. If you're noticing this, there's something a lot bigger than that going on in your life. You, you think this is mean, right? Just like our, our teenagers and our young people, they go, that's none of your business. No, no, it is my business. It is my business what goes on in your life. Let me tell you why. The Bible said, I, not you, I have to answer for your life if you belong to this church. Now, I don't know about other reverends and other ministers and other whoever you listen to. I take that very seriously. Yes, because of that, when God said, preacher, dig. Amen. I'm just going, well, they won't like it. God didn't ask me. Yes. God didn't say, preacher, they're not going to like it. So maybe you better get some consent first. Like, like in the military. Okay. All the private said, we just don't like this anymore. And they said, oh, okay. That's why they're allowing more women and more queers and more whatever else in the military. Not because it's right and it's better. It's political and that's what's happening in our churches. Whatever is, man, hang the Bible. What does society want? Listen to me carefully. Hang society. What does the Bible say? If we don't, if we don't get back to this, we're going to lose everything. So it doesn't matter. Hey man. Look, I'm 66. I've been preaching for 
40 some years. You said it twice, haven't you? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just that way. No, I'm saying, now, so listen to me carefully. I thought your life was not your own. Today, if you would, God has pointed out, fellas, I, I need an usher. I need you to go out right now. Come on. Go. Come on. Right there, back. Right there, right there. Yep. Go. He knows who's, who I'm talking to. Okay. Making a difference. Now you want to go that way. Go that way. Go that way. This is what you put up with in your home. This is what society has to put up. Then you look at me and think that's very unkind, don't you? Then why don't you help that boy? You don't have an answer, do you? Let me help you understand something here. What? Thank you. Before I got saved, my, my sister sitting back here, she knows. Before I got saved, I was telling Lewis, I went in the military and E1. He said, okay, everybody does. That's because a judge told me to join. Three years later, I got out as a E1. I was up for E5 in Vietnam. I was a drunk, a drug addict, a fighter. I hated everybody, everything. I like nothing anymore. Now, you listen to me carefully. Tiptoeing around problems are never going to help you. It will never help you by me being kinder to you. Oh, oh. Won't change a thing. What the military needs again is more discipline. Not less discipline. They need politicians to get out of the military. They've ruined, they've ruined everything. What I need in this church is what God said should always be in this church. I need every man in here amening and backing up their preaching. Whether you do or not, I'm preaching. What I don't need is for, ladies love you to death. God bless your heart, I married one. It's kind of good, isn't it? So, listen to me carefully. Till we get back to putting things back in God's order, we're going to ignore the whole. We're going to act like there's no door behind there. Because of that, we don't really want to know what's in that room. It is destroying our churches. We have kids that dress this way and inside is so much filth going on in the imagery of their mind that by the time they get to middle age, they're not worth a nickel sitting in a church like this. Do you know there are certain words in the Bible I can't even use without half the congregation's mind going into the gutter? Words that God put in his Bible. Our minds are so eaten up with filth that if we even get close to certain words, off to the worldly races we go. Then, you, then, then congregations will sit and pass judgment on their preacher for preaching this way. You know it's the truth. I know it's the truth. God knows it's the truth. Brother, it's the only hope we've got. You said, I want a nicer teacher. I ain't him. I ain't him. I ain't going to become him. It don't fit me. I've tried it. I feel queer. I feel out of place. Queer means odd. 
I know we all know a nice homosexual. You say, do you hate them? Then you get saved. They get saved, they'd quit that filthy lifestyle. They ain't saved and living like that. Sorry. I'll tell you what's going to give you away. You feel the pressure, don't you? The words you keep using. When's the last time you even talked Bible with somebody else? I'm talking about at work. When's the last time you sat quietly and read your Bible? When you speak with other people, girls, up here, please. When you speak with other people, what kind of words come out of your mouth? You know what God said? Whether you meant it or not, it was an idle word. It just slipped out. God said you shouldn't let it slip out. Because every idle word is coming into judgment for or against you. He said, I don't talk about it. Okay, but you got it stored. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You want to know why you're not spiritual? It's not because of me. It's not because of this church. It's a wonderful place. This is a wonderful, gorgeous place. It's your heart. Let me explain something to you again. We have got to the place that if the message is true, but it comes out with a bad spirit, it's not truth anymore. That's like that drill sergeant. That was decades for you. Well, you, you weren't a drill sergeant. Okay. Now, it'd be nice if you'd do 50 push-ups. That's easier to accept, right? Then drop and give me 50, Lewis! Say yes, sir! How, uh, if he's going to be that mean, why do you have to mind? We have decided we'll accept truth if the preacher has a good spirit. You wouldn't have liked John the Baptist. You wouldn't have liked Jeremiah. You wouldn't like the Apostle Paul. And most women don't. Wow, I just tiptoed in a minefield. You know why? He talks about hair, submission, all the things that our society says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, sorry, cut all, cut all that out. We don't buy that stuff. Look how happy we are. We're not. We're a miserable mess. And we're supposed to be the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can't have genuine joy without living right. Dancing in the spirit. Hey, man. Amen. <laughs> yeah, close that door. Um, <laughs> trying to close that door, it just won't close. That door is jammed. Your words will tell on you, my friend. Now, let me help you. Okay, I did all that to help you. The biggest problem in church here is not the boy's haircut, though some of them need a good haircut. Amen. The biggest problem in the Anchor Baptist Church is not girls and britches and dating boys and running around sneaking out of the house. 
That is not the biggest problem. It is a problem. It's not the biggest problem. But it's all of us. All of us. All of us. That have a secret room in the imagery of our minds that even sitting here, we just drift off and stare and look and imagine and play. And you actually think if the preacher can't see, God can't see? Have we become that carnal? Have we become that fleshly to believe like the world? God's not even around anymore. That's what they said. God's not even in the world anymore. I think we need some serious spring cleaning. What do you think? Do you remember back? How many of you have been saved 20 years? 30? 30 years. You've been saved 30 years. Let me help you understand something. There was a day during this kind of preaching, tears would flow. They weren't waiting to be begged to come to an altar. When God spoke, we moved. We wanted to stay so right with God if he even hinted. We're coming. And we think our young people should. Why dads and moms stand there for years on end and never come to an altar anymore. We need some serious spring cleaning. You know what I think we ought to do? I think we ought to pull those dirty, impure thoughts down off the wall. What do you think? My wife's real big on making a lot of things fashionable, you know. Uh, gold is not in right now. I know that. I, I don't mean gold like I'm talking about paintings that are painted and had gold trim and gold fit. That, that's passe. And uh, so then you come along and it's like your wife goes, honey, that, nobody does wallpaper. All that needs to come down. Okay, all needs to come down. Oh, guess what's coming back in fashion again? Wallpaper. Here's what happens. See this thin tie? Do you know when ties used to be that wide? And, and lapels were like this. They stuck way off to the side. Looked like little airplanes. <laughs> Couldn't wait to have one, right? I remember when the, everybody used to wear three-piece suits. Guess what's coming back in style? Three-piece suits. But there is a balance that is always proper in a Christian life. I don't need to wear bell bottoms. Elephant bells, remember those? Couldn't even walk in them. Made for elephants. Kidding. <laughs> Guys went from combing their hair back and being called greasers to they then had natural afros. White guys. To then becoming bald because that's what they always were. We are following the fashion of the world and saying, it's just me. No, it's not. It's just the world. To the point that in, not in our home where our wife could walk in the room or our kids could see us, but in the imagery of the private of our mind, our hand, we've carved some stuff there. I mean, it's staying. It's staying. It's going to have to take an act of God and a miracle against our will to get that. And that ain't going to happen. You want to keep it there? It'll stay. But don't expect me not to preach on it. You need to throw out the vile role-playing imaginations. The vile role-playing. Do I need to go into detail about what that means? 
the vile role playing that your teenagers' minds are completely filled up with. We need to empty the trash can once and for all about the disloyal, second-guessing, rebellious attitude and let God walk where he wants to. We used to desire that above everything when we first got saved. You need to fill up your life with Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are honest, and whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. God said, in here, put right stuff. Because then as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We can't get along with one another because there's sin running in our life. We don't, we don't, most of us don't even really like right past a certain point. Please don't miss tonight. I, I'm not preaching along these lines tonight, by the way. You need to be here tonight to help you a lot. I know you're very careful about that private place, aren't you? Most of us are. We don't want anybody to really find out. We've got it covered. What are you doing there? Nothing. What's wrong with your attitude? Are you okay? Yes. It's in there. And yet this is the way we act sometimes. You see, you've got it hid. Everything is put away. And maybe not today. Listen to me very carefully. Maybe not in a month. But you're fighting a losing battle. Let me help you understand why. If you're a child of God and you raised your hand a moment ago to testify that I belong to Jesus Christ. Your father is God. He cannot allow you to get by with sin. You say, well, he hadn't done anything yet. Don't take, listen, don't take the patience of God as he don't care what you're doing. On the other hand, the devil wants you to get caught. Oh, no, 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 no. He wants you to get by with it until you've dug such a hole that when it's finally opened up, it's like there is no hope for you. So the devil's going to kick open the doors. God's going to kick open the doors. One is meant to help you. The other is meant to destroy you. You don't stand a chance. So while God is talking to you right now, while somebody's outside going, that's a door. What's that door? You heard that. You heard that. You know what's on the other side of there. God is trying to tell you through the preacher, hey, come on now. Don't let me judge you. Judge yourself. Let's get this thing cleaned up. Let's get all that garbage out of that room. Open the door. Let God come in and do what he wants to do before God has to expose what's in that room. (coughs) Excuse me. What's behind that door? I, you said, preach, you don't know. Yeah, you're right, I don't. You said, it's none of your business. You're wrong. But I can't read your mind. The word of God is sharp and powerful. I'm not. This is where God knows the difference between intention and thought. I don't know in my bones where real bone stops and morrow begins. I guess there is a place. And God said, my word knows. My word is so sharp, it can divide between what you thought and what you intended. 
I don't, I don't know the difference sometimes. God said, I do. Right. I'm sorry. Amen. He said, my word does. Yes. This is why we're all beginning to run to churches that no longer bring any conviction whatsoever. We just want to go and have a good time and go on with our life. Man, I love having a good time. You all were laughing during the opening. You're like, man, I like this guy. He's funny. It's not Jacqueline Hyde, this same guy. Proverbs 28, 13. I'm going to tell you what to do and what you can do about this thing. Ready? The Bible said, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. You know it's there. God knows it's there. Preachers pointed it out. God showed me a hole, opened the door. There you are. God said, now you cover that up. You're not going to prosper. Prosper is not always just money. Peace. Patience. Helping your church grow. All of these things. But the Bible said, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh shall have mercy. You know, God say, when I get through beating you, that's not what he said. He said, you know something? Now that this is pointed out, if you try to hide it, no mercy for you. However, if you'll confess it, not to me, I'm not the Pope. You don't need to confess to him either. If you'll go to God and say, the preacher said was right. I I knew as soon as he started talking, he was right. God, you're right. God said, okay, what what am I right about? See, we, we, we do our sins like we're praying for the world. God bless the whole world. Amen. Prayed for the whole world this morning. We do the same thing with sin. God, forgive me of all my sin. Do you know why some people don't really repent? Because it's a bitter thing. You know what God wants? God wants you to use the same terms and words that he uses about what you're doing or not doing. God, I'm living in adultery. Not, God, I, I like this guy and I know it's not right. And God said, it's not serious to you. If it's serious to you, you would agree with me. Robbing God? Really? You're taking your tithes and offerings that God blessed you with and taking it away from God and his house, his church, his bride and saying, I don't care. I worked hard for it. Really, who gave you that? So, listen to me carefully. If you cover, if you cover your sin, you shall not prosper and God will have to uncover it. However, if you uncover it to God, you'll find mercy and God will say, well, we can go on. God just given you an out this morning. God has given me an out this morning. You see, God, the best thing for us to do is to be honest with God. Come to an old-fashioned altar. You know what an old-fashioned altar is? We used to call it the mourner's bench, but nobody mourns anymore. We used to call it where we come and do business with God. But what we're busy doing business with is, well, I hope you don't find out what I've been doing. That's not business with God. That's covering things up. And God said, you keep covering things up, you'll not prosper. And on our world today, the world needs God's people to quit fooling around about what God knows or doesn't know, trying to fool the world. We've got kids dying and going to hell, and moms and dads are playing in sin. We've got husbands and wives splitting up while both of us are claiming to be living for God. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to yourself. Something is wrong. Something's wrong. 
Run to God and say, I agree with you. Oh, God, please. I want what I used to have with you. It starts with confession and then getting some spring cleaning. Whosoever confess and forsaketh. See, we come to the altar and go like this. Oh, dear God, I'm sorry. Do the whole Tebow thing. God, I'm really sorry, and I'm going to do better. We get up and we don't do a thing. What you did, you confessed, but you didn't forsake. So you end up doing the same thing almost immediately. My Bible tells me that I am to submit to God. Here's, here's, watch this. I want the devil to stay away from me. Get away from me, devil. Were you a Pentecostal or what? What's wrong? Listen, listen, I know some nice Pentecostal, but one, I met one. one. No, anyway. So my Bible tells me, here's your instruction. You ready? Submit to God. First step. I think I am. Stop that stuff. Either you are or you're not. Come on. Amen. Submit to God. Then resist the devil. Yes. I have to submit. For, I'm trying to stop drugs and I can't. You, you skip church. You don't pay tithes. You don't witness anybody. You don't read your Bible. You're not really praying. You're not submitting to God. So you're trying to actually resist the world, the flesh, and the devil in your own strength. You can't do it, folks. There is a way to do it, though. This has gone on so long in our hearts, you actually believe that God doesn't even care anymore, don't you? It's gotten so bad that we pass judgment on preachers. Whether we just like the guy or not. I'll bet Herod wasn't fond of John the Baptist. You talk about a nice community preacher. He was. He's just trying his best to fit in the community. You know what he said? It's not proper for you to be sleeping with your brother's wife. I think that's uncalled for. I had a real bad attitude. We're talking about John the Baptist, of whom Jesus said, born of woman, there's not a greater than John the Baptist. But we pass judgment on a guy for irritating our settled sinful lives. Folks, I am trying my best to help you. I'm begging you before it comes out into the open. Take that sign down. Girls, listen. Leave her alone. Take the sign down. Just take it down. Open the door and say, this is going to be embarrassing. God, I'm so sorry. Open the door. Here's what David said. Psalm 139, verse number 23 and 30. Search me, O God. What am I doing wrong, God? That's not what he said. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. That's inside. And know my thoughts. That's inside. That's that private room. And David said, whatever you need to do. And when I allow you in there, I want you to lead me to that place that's higher than I. Do you remember when you used to live that way? Do you remember when you used to hang on? I used to preach with preachers all the time. I'd sit on the front row and I wouldn't be doing this. When my kids were little, I've almost always sat on the platform ever since I got saved. I just was doing something like that. But when we would sit down, we'd sit on the front row. Here's what I'd do. I always had my kids with me, and I'd line them so that out of my peripheral vision, I could see my kids. And you have to understand, we were in church like that's where we were born, that's where we live, we eat, we'll die there, okay? 
And so when my kids would get a little tired and start talking, I'd take my hand, reach over here, and I'd go like this. Straighten up. That's not very nice. Thank you, Dad. That's not very nice. Can I ask you something? Are your children living for God? They're in church. That's not what I ask you. That's like them going home to their house. Are they obeying mom and dad? Do they love being there? See the difference? Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Right is right. No matter what you think about it. We don't make up right. Right is right. Our world, America, is being torn apart. And you know that's the truth. Our churches, most of them, are nothing more than a stage sideshow of something made up. When did I ever think I'd go to a place where a preacher starts a church by handing stuff out in the community going, if you could build a church, what would you like to see in it? And that's what the guy does. Why have a Bible? I'd like to know what the guy preaches on. How can you ask everybody to come there and everybody's welcome? What are you going to preach on? This is a Baptist church. This isn't a, I don't know, where you believe church. Do you know something else I've never believed? Put your hand down. You know what? Something else I've never believed? How can you go to a church? Who preached on this? Brother Hamlin. How can you go to a church where everybody uses any Bible they want to and you read along with the preacher? Come on, preacher. Come on. Amen. Honey, is that what he just read? How do you memorize scripture? Folks, listen to me. There is a right way, and God knows what that is. God, if you have not been found out yet, has given you a space this morning to say, well, that preacher's getting close, isn't he? Man, it was like he could see right through me. I can't. I can't. I can't. Just kidding. I can't. First of all, if you're saved... The Holy Ghost can. Because he will witness of truth. And that guilt you're feeling, that's a good thing. I got up the other day before we went to go shooting. I had a real bad headache. Do you know what's good about pain and a headache? You're going like this, nothing. It lets you know something's wrong. You need to do something to correct the problem. Folks, guilt is God's way of saying... You take care of that headache, don't we? Amen. It's not the, ah, uh, it'll be okay. When I first got saved, I thought that loud mouth preacher. I thought to myself, you know, if I just get out of this church and I get away from that big mouth, I'll be all right. Is that what you're thinking? I just won't go to this kind of a church. Let me help you some. Once you bump into truth, you'll never be the same. You can be better or you can be worse, but you'll never be the same. Nobody ever ran into Christ and stayed the same. You're not going to be the first one. God has a plan, and he wants to help you. You keep ignoring that, and God keeps saying, Preacher, you see that hole? Dig into that life. Find the door, because until I finally do that, you're just going to keep covering it up. And acting as though he don't know. He's fishing. Actually, I don't know. But I'm not fishing. I know what I'm talking about. So God wants to get into your life, the private part of your life. And that's why Daddy wants all just goes.
pay attention. Because in that little brain of yours, you're just drifting off to La La Land. Do you know what that is? I don't either. Mm-hmm. You do? What is that? It's a movie. Oh. <laughs> you are correct. My bad. He said it's a movie. Okay, yeah, there you go. You're right. You're exactly right. Now, <laughs> that preacher screamed and yelled, and my first thought was this, who in the world does this guy think he is? Now, people who come from non-denominational churches and community churches, they're shocked when they first, right, where's Gloria? Where's Gloria? Gloria here? Right, Gloria? Gloria first came here. She thought this. This is like heaven. I said, Gloria, these are people. I'm a Baptist preacher. Trust me. You're going to run into some things. And Oh, no, but these are the nicest. Well, one day I told them I didn't like children. It was, she was shocked, weren't you? She made an appointment with me. Had to have a talk with the preacher. You didn't mean that. You don't hate children. Okay. <laughs> Here she said, I'm so glad to hear that. I, I love good kids. <laughs> Glory, look at me like, come on, preacher. When I preach this way, it doesn't mean I hate anybody. An open rebuke is better than secret I'd hate for you to get to heaven and say, that Baptist preacher, I was there for three hours. Okay, hour and a half. He never said one word. Yes, I did too. Now, what are you going to do with it? Ezekiel, you you notice that hole in the wall? Hmm. Well, how long have you been there? Uh, We think it's behind him. Don't know. Dig. I want you to dig. Okay. I'm just going to obey the Lord. Okay. So I'm digging. That's weird. In the middle of this wall, there's a door. Why would a door be hidden inside of a wall? Uh, I want you to open the door, and I want you to walk in there and see what's in there. How did Ezekiel know? God told him. So Ezekiel goes in, and it was dark. And he begins to look around and go, Oh, my God. Oh, you got, are you kidding me? What? The ancients of the elders of Israel had put that stuff in there. And said, God will never see. He's not even in the earth anymore. You visited every church in the world and said, I guess we can do what we want. Then you had to blow it and come here. The guy who preached the message that broke my heart. I did the same thing that some of you do. Who is he yelling at? Who, who turned this guy loose? Is he even allowed to be out? But there was something captivating about the way he spoke and what he said. And this is why I demand people listen to me. I'm sitting there with a pastor's daughter who had no business being with me. Your daughters don't date people who aren't saved, don't go to church all the time, do not have good character, drink, smoke, cuss, 
What do you Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I keep thinking, who's this guy? So I looked at her and said, here's what she's doing. And I thought, I told her, I said, won't you listen to this guy? He was irritating the fire out of me. But there was something attractive about what the guy was saying. And I looked at a church girl who should have been helping me to listen and said, why don't you listen to this guy? I got up and walked out and didn't get saved. But I promise you, I was never the same after that. I could not begin to tell you what happened to me in the next, I don't even know what the time period was. I really don't. I know I almost died once, almost killed two people, almost went to prison, got busted four grades in the military, almost didn't get out with an honorable discharge, started dealing drugs down here to your kids right here in this city, got kicked out of that house, lived with my mommy, and a good Christian came straight to me and told me about Jesus Christ. That night, this is why I love to tell my story. I no more walked into church. Little country church, Hayden Run Baptist Church, way out in the country. It's not in the country now, but it used to be back 40-some years ago. As soon as I walked in, I started crying. I thought, what's going on with me? This is crazy. So I went right in and sat down. That's why I tell you, hey, pay attention to me. Let God talk to you. The whole time I sat there, the devil in my own flesh kept interfering with my thoughts. Don't forget about that girl. Hey, there's a 30-day party coming up. You're going to go back to your airborne buddies in town and you become a church boy? What about all your friends? I didn't have any friends. They all hated me, feared me. It's a lie. The whole thing you're hanging on to is a lie. When you finally see that and admit it, you can receive Christ, change your whole life. You know how long I've been doing this? I've been saved 40, help me out, honey. I don't read sign language. 47 years. I've been living for God and doing this kind of stuff longer than most of you have been born. I know some things about what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I am trying to help you get your life straightened out with God like my brother and that wild preacher did to me a long time ago. You said nobody preaches like that. Maybe they should. Amen. Can I ask you something? Are you saved? Here you go. Yep. God knows, right? You know God knows. Right? God knows. Listen to me now. We're not leaving yet. Listen. God does know, right? I'll ask you again. Are you saved? If you died right now, according to God's word, you'd go to heaven. I would. That's pretty arrogant. No, no, no. I'm not going because of George Bell. I'm going to go because of Jesus Christ. Now that you claim to be saved, well, we should have been here to hear that message. In your physical body, are you living for Christ? Where will you be tonight at 630? Where's your tithes and offerings? When's the last time you cared about somebody else more than yourself? Amen. When's the last time when a preacher preached a message like this, you looked at your kids, your wife, your friend, and went, yeah. guys, tell them the yeah. truth. Right. Right. 
instead of, I don't, I don't think he's got the right attitude. I don't have the right attitude. I've worked for 40-some years to get a bad attitude, and I'm going to keep it. But I know one thing. I know when I'm walking with God and when I'm not, and so do you. And how kind of God to point it out and say, we're not walking together so we don't agree. Because how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Are you saved? Are you living for the Lord? Have you allowed that one room to just all kinds of stuff? It's all in there, isn't it? I beg you this morning, come to a Savior who wants to forgive you. Confess. Forsake it. Get rid of it. Paint it over. Carve it out. Tear the wall down. Get rid of the door. Whatever it takes, get back in step with your Savior. And let's start living for Him. Bow your heads, please. Thank you very much. Father, I ask you to please help us this morning. So many here. Lord, we sure miss those that are normally here. I pray for our young people. We keep saying that's, that's the future of the church. If it is, I fear we're in great danger. I pray, Lord, though it's not supposed to be that way, if they would give themselves wholly to you from the inside out, if moms and dads would quit feeling as though we've missed out on the world somehow, and when we get older, we'll settle down and try to serve the Lord. And in the meantime, we're just stacking away pictures and words and fantasies in this room that nobody knows about. You don't even care about. But that's not true. Those in the foyer, listen to me now. Mom and dad, are you saved? If you're not, could, could I at least pray for you? I'm not asking you to become a Baptist. I'm asking you, if you're not saved, could I at least pray for you? If you're here this morning, nobody's looking at you. I'm not asking you even to look up. All I'm asking you to do is acknowledge, preacher, I'm not saved. Would you pray for me? Would you put your hand up in the air? Preacher, pray for me. I don't think, I bless you, ma'am. Preacher, I'm not saved. You don't even have to say it. Just put your hand up, put it right back down. Preacher, I don't think I'm saved. Would you pray for me, please? Anybody else? You did not raise your hand a moment ago. <coughs> Preacher, I'm saved. I know it. Okay. Then let's go to this next question. Does Jesus have the right to come into every area of your life? You say, yes, he does. What about that area? You know, that one. You know, the one that if you had a sign, it would say this, private. Keep out. Preacher's not allowed in there. Mom and dad's not allowed in there. Youth leader's not allowed in there. And by the way, God, you're not fussing with me about that either. You ought to be running this altar saying, I didn't know God knew all that. I don't want to be this way. Sin has gotten the best of me, preacher, and I don't like it this way. Please pray for me. If you're here this morning, folks, listen to me. You don't just clean up your life and start living for the Lord. You confess sin. Sin is not worked on. Sin is confessed and then forsaken. And then we start our walk with God again. Please, I beg you this morning. Some of you in here, God has been working with you all morning. Come to an altar. Leave it with God. Open that door and say, God, please search me. Try me. Know me. I'm not right. I know I'm not right. God, I want to be honest. Again, if you're here this morning, I beg you, as soon as they begin to play, I want you to come to this altar. Please, you're not hiding anything from God. You just think you are. Father, help the people, please. I pray that this morning, 
as soon as we stand, they come to an altar, not caring about spouse or child or mom or dad or best friend, or this isn't their church, but they'll be concerned about truth and their relationship with you. Please, please, my Father in heaven, for Christ's sake, bring great guilt about our sin, about our being out of step with you, and may we repent, change our mind about what we're doing and run to you. In a moment, they're going to play. When they do, we have people here that want to help you. They will. They'll not interfere. They'll not pry, but they'll help you. Just preach out on how to pray. They'll help you. I, 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 don't, I just want to have prayer. They'll guide you. They'll help you. Preacher, I, I, I'm not sure. I just need to have a prayer. Come on. The altar's open. When they begin to play, I want you to get right up out of your seat. I want you to come down this altar. If you hesitate, I promise you, you'll not move. As soon as you stand up, move. Somebody's in your way. Say, excuse me, please. I need to go to the altar. Don't be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. As they play, we stand in the building. You come right now. Everybody's standing. Come on. God's been talking to you. Come this altar. I'm not asking you to become a Baptist. I'm asking you, let's get right with God. Please, please, let's get right with God. <coughs> others are, I told you others would come. Please don't be embarrassed. Please just come to Christ. Just come to Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on, Mom and Dad. I need some help down here. I need some of our people with Bibles and stuff. Come right on down here, fellas, please. Grab your Bible. I need Jordan, get your Bible. Come on over here, please. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Ask, excuse yourself. Come on over. Help out. Find somebody. Somebody needs help over here. Mommy, let's start living for God again. I'm not talking about just I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm talking about becoming that spiritual woman again. I'm talking about the prayer warrior of the home. I'm talking about that Holy Spirit that moves through the family to lead and guide. Whatever happened to that? Hey, Daddy, I know life's tough. It's hard for a man now. I got it. I understand that. But at the end of life, what's going to matter is what you have done for others in the cause of Christ. Please, please come to Christ. Please come to Christ. Hey, visitor, I'm not asking you to join. I'm asking you to get right with God. What about it? You're going to be like George Bell was that first time? Man, when I get out of here, it'll be better. I hope not. I hope you change the rest of your life. I really do. Change me the rest of my life. Teenager, wasting years that belong to Christ. Wasted years that belong to Christ. Serve thy creator in the days of thy youth before the evil day comes. It's coming. It's coming. Get in that good practice and habit of walking with God now before those days come. <coughs> Take your time on the altar. I'm not in any hurry. Are you praying, church? Does it matter? Have you already looked at your phone, checked all your texts? worried about it vibrating and going off this is how spiritual we become we're not worried about souls we're concerned about our crowded day filled up with nothing that matters others are praying there's room for you he said preach i'd like to talk to you I'll meet you right down here i'll meet you right down here come on i'll meet with you let's have prayer together let's have prayer together
searching for you and me. Announcements here. Several people getting baptized. Alicia, did I say that right? Judd, is that you, young lady? I'm glad you came. Is this your first time here? No, you've been here for. How long you been coming here? I'm glad you're here. Listen to me very carefully. Look right up here, okay? When you were praying from your heart, did you ask Christ to forgive you and save you? I'm very happy for you, young lady. Thank you for being here this morning. We, we make a, well, they're still dealing with us. We make a grave mistake by doing this. I don't believe that because I'm not a Baptist. I never one time asked you this morning to be a Baptist. I didn't say this was a Baptist book, though it should be. I was trying my best to preach the Bible. I was digging on purpose to show you you've been hiding a door. And behind that door is a room you know has no business even being there. I'm not trying to be mean to you. Would I be mean to you to say, walk out into a, to a waiting room and say, 15 people there, somebody in here has cancer, but I don't want to be mean, so I'm not going to tell anybody. When you find out, you'd be mad at me. You say, Preacher, why didn't you say something? Well, I've said something this morning. Christians are not living the way they should. The world is paying for it. The cause of Christ is paying for it. And we're getting older, folks. We've got to get with the program. And in a hurry, okay? Uh, let's see what else I got here. Paula Newton. Who's Paula Newton? Oh, okay. And that needs to be circled. All right. Uh, we good? Brother Clay's here to baptize. Please be patient. Let's watch this.
Lord, and she has been saved. I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Melissa Kramer, and she's been saved. I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By the way, we also in the back uh, we have some of our uh, we have some of our good Spanish folks uh, back here with us this morning. Antonio Sanchez, who is that? Raise your hand. Antonio, this morning has received Christ as Savior, and God bless you, sir. said we're glad you're here this morning please make sure you shake hands with these dear people folks if you have somebody in your family that came to the altar this morning let me help you know what not to do what'd you go to the altar for what'd you, what did you say here's what you do um everything okay if you need my help just let me know i'm glad you went for it. let it go with that okay and uh, make sure they come back to church okay Hope to see you tonight at 6.30. God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll see you then. Be careful out in our parking lots, please.